I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a few things. Um, If anybody out there is interested in being on the show with me as a guest, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's conspiracy with a K. I'd love to have any other, anybody on to talk about their different thoughts of Star Wars and conspiracies and, and really whatever else um, you'd like to talk about. So feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Secondly, um, I'll be making a guest hosting appearance on the New Force Order podcast, which we'll be recording on Tuesday night of this week, of this coming week. So that is on the Hacker Hammond Podcasting Network. So I'll go ahead and put put details in the show notes to go ahead and subscribe and check out my appearance on there. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Now on to the show. Episode 37, The Star Wars Conspiracy. On this episode, I'll be breaking down a book written by Isaac Weishaupt in 2016 called The Star Wars Conspiracy, Hidden Occult and Illuminati Symbolism of Aliens in the New Age. If you aren't familiar, Isaac Weishaupt is a great source if you want deep dives into the symbolism and hidden meanings behind many pop culture, TV shows, movies, and music. So give him a follow on social media and check out his podcast titled Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture for more information. I enjoyed this book quite a bit, and it gave me a lot to think about. You know, typically my episodes of this podcast are about the parallels between Star Wars events and conspiracies going on in our world, but this book gave me some insight into what types of agendas and conspiracies are hidden in Star Wars from the real world. I'd encourage anyone interested to go check out the book for themselves. It's a short read, only about 100 pages or so for the Kindle version. I'll do my best to break down the key elements of this book, but I know some things will be left out. So check it out for yourself if you want to know more. To understand some of the symbolism and hidden messages within Star Wars, you first need to understand the creator George Lucas and who he was. The book breaks down a theory that George Lucas may have come into contact with demonic or dark forces in the 1960s during his time as a cameraman working his way up in the entertainment business. One of his gigs was a notorious concert in 1969 at the Altamont Speedway in California. Dubbed Woodstock of the West, the Altamont Speedway Free Festival was one of the main events contributing to the end of the hippie movement due to the death of a black fan named Meredith Hunter at the hand of the Hells Angels 
who were guarding the stage. Hunter rushed the stage with a gun, and a Hells Angels member stabbed him to stop what was going to happen. This event happened shortly after the Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil, a song that Mick Jagger himself knew contained dark energy due to its occult and satanic overtones, and he also knew that it caused a frenzy in the crowds every time it was played. Also, Mick Jagger and his girlfriend Marianne Faithful, who was in attendance, had several ties to occultists and Satanists in the real world, inc including writer-director Kenneth Anger, who intended to have Mick and Marianne involved in a film he was shooting called Lucifer Rising. So how does this all relate to George Lucas? Well, it's not too much of a stretch to, to think about this. You know, being around dark energy can cause darkness within you. Just think about being around someone with a negative world worldview constantly. Try as you may, you'll likely end up being pulled down into their misery and darkness as well. The same could be said for Lucas. Being around the dark energy of the Sympathy for the Devil song, mixed with the massive drug use by the over 300,000 in attendance, as well as the violence of the hunter stabbing, it's plausible that Lucas came into contact with dark demonic forces at that concert. Obviously, there's no way to prove this, but it's a very interesting thing to think about. Speaking of darkness and evil energy, the book also talks about where Lucasfilm productions have taken place since 2005. Lucasfilm headquarters in San Francisco are located in Presidio National Park at a series of buildings called LDAC, or Letterman Digital Arts Center. This is where Lucasfilm's animation team, special effects, marketing, and other departments are housed. In years past, the book mentions that this specific location once housed an army hospital as well as an army daycare. It's alleged that the hospital was involved with mind control experiments and allegations of child abuse at the daycare arose in the 1980s. Is it possible that dark energy from the past is influencing current Lucasfilm operations? Did Lucas choose this location for specific purposes unbeknownst to others in the company? or even to himself. To me, this is kind of a stretch, but I can understand the thought process here. So now let's get into some of the symbolism included in the movies themselves. First, let's start with the force itself. In the films, the Force is described as an energy field that connects all beings and nature together. Some can harness its use for light side purposes, and others for dark side purposes. Per the book, the Force represents an impersonal god or higher power, in which, quote, good and evil are to be looked at as two sides to the same coin, both of which can be used by free agents to find their own path in reality, end quote. Just think about the abilities that light side users have performed that seem somewhat evil or devious in nature, such as the Jedi Mind Trick, which is an MKUltra-like ability, and even the Force Choke, which Luke used to infiltrate Jabba's palace. Isaac theorizes that the Force is a pagan, occultist ideology, where good and evil are reconciled, 
and are similar to the belief system of the followers of Gnosticism. The book also goes into a discussion about how the concept of the Force was created in the writer's room with George Lucas and his producer Gary Kurtz. Now Gary Kurtz himself was a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, or as it is commonly referred to, the Mormon Church. The founder of this religion, Joseph Smith, was said to have used divining rods, seer stones, and other occult objects. Similarly, in Star Wars, an object called the Kyber Crystal was said to contain great amounts of force energy and was used to power lightsabers and even the Death Star super laser itself. Another interesting side note on Joseph Smith, he was the mayor of a city in Indiana called Nauvoo, which is spelled N-A-U-V-O-O, which is quite similar to the sound of the planet name Naboo in Star Wars, N-A-B-O-O. Interesting. Kurtz and Lucas also studied details on many other religions, and the idea of the Force was essentially a conglomeration of all religions boiled down into a single entity. Elements of Buddhism, Hinduism, Native American beliefs, Christianity, and Islam were all used in the creation of the Force, which is essentially a universal religion in Star Wars. You can connect the dots pretty easily to see that this monotheistic concept is comparable to the one world religion that the Illuminati and New World Order proponents want to enact in our world. Additionally, Isaac brings up the concept of the destruction of the nuclear family unit in Star Wars, which is something that plays a part in our world in terms of creating the New World Order. We've already seen this concept in many Disney movies, where the parents are tragically killed at the very beginning and the character must go on a journey on their own. The book brings up similar instances of this happening in Star Wars, such as Boba Fett watching his father get beheaded, Anakin being taken away from his mother to join the Jedi, Luke being told by Obi-Wan to kill his own father, and of course the tragic killing of Han Solo by his son Ben. By destroying the nuclear family, it's easier to subject children to manipulation, mind control, and concepts that a family unit would have pushed back on, such as the destruction of traditional religion. Now let's talk about a few other interesting points, such as Saturn worship, the Kabbalah religion, and the work of Aleister Crowley, and how those fit in with Star Wars. Let's start with Saturn. If you know anything about Satanism, you'll know that it contains a fixation on the planet Saturn. The word Satan itself is derivative of the word Saturn. You do see some Saturn connections in Star Wars. For one, the gas planet Geonosis in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, bears a striking resemblance to Saturn. Interestingly, the word Geonosis is derivative of the sect of Gnosticism, which we mentioned earlier. Also interesting to note is that there is an arena on Geonosis that houses blood sport games between people and beasts, similar to what you saw in the Colosseum in ancient Rome with battles between lions and Christians. For two, there's also the six-sided Saturn cube, which is traditionally black. Now I personally don't know enough about the cube to speak intelligently into what it is or what it's meant for, but I do know that it's a dark occult object. 
You see the color black, worn mostly by dark side users in Star Wars. From Darth Vader to the Emperor to Kylo Ren. Also, you see the parallel of the Saturn Cube with the six-sided corridors on the Death Star. And for three, there's the planet Tatooine itself. Luke Skywalker talks about how this planet is far removed from the center of the universe, and the same can be said for Saturn. Now on to Kabbalah. In the Kabbalah religion, there's a concept called the Tree of Life, which contains ten attributes called the Sephirot. Now on this tree there is also an eleventh item called the At, which is spelled D-A apostrophe A-T. The Da'at is where is a spot on the tree where all of the other ten attributes are united as one. Now when you look at the word Da'at, it looks very similar to the word Darth, as in Darth Vader. Which is interesting considering Darth Vader himself contained both good and evil energy that manifested at different points throughout his life. He truly was the chosen one, spoken of in the prequels, that was said to bring balance to the Force which he did by defeating the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. Now on to Mr. Aleister Crowley. The famous occultist Aleister Crowley is mentioned very heavily in this book as a possible influence on Star Wars concepts. Similarly to the religious elements used to create the Force, Crowley himself used several different religious concepts to create his Thelema religion. Crowley was also a proponent of reconciling opposites, and had a quote similar to Yoda on this topic. Crowley said, quote, The magician should devise himself a definitive technique for defeating evil. The essence of such practice will consist in training the mind and body to confront things which cause fear, pain, disgust, shame, and the like. End quote. Likewise, Yoda said, quote, Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose." End quote. Interesting parallel there. Crowley also discussed the idea of a moon child at length in, a, in the book with a similar name, Moon Child, in which a child is conceived from magic to save humanity. This concept is very similar to the birth of Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars. Crowley's novel also features dueling good and evil magicians, very similar to the light side and dark side users in Star Wars. You can even see a similarity between the look of Palpatine and Crowley in some scenes throughout the movie. Is this by coincidence or design? In closing, the main point of this book is that the story of Star Wars emphasizes the importance of an impersonal god, the Force, which infers a disdain for a true god or creator of the universe. In Isaac's words, quote, Star Wars pushes a predictive programming of a future world where Christianity is obsolete. Aleister Crowley once called Christianity the curse of the world, so it seems that the universe of Star Wars would be a place he would be most comfortable in, end quote. 
while I somewhat agree with Isaac's reasoning here, I don't necessarily believe that George Lucas fully intended this to be the purpose. I think some of the connections made in the book between George and the occult and Illuminati elements of the movies are a bit of the stretch, which contains somewhat thin connective tissue. But I can't discount the fact that most movies in Hollywood do have subconscious subliminal messaging baked within, so that's something I need to reconcile personally with my love of Star Wars. I will say that this book didn't make me want to turn off the series forever, but it definitely has given me a lot of food for thought for future viewings. May the Force be with you.